0: Jack got the rub on me a little bit this morning because I got a lot to finish up. I want to kind of review what we've done the last few weeks and kind of really kind of get into the meats and potatoes of what I want to do today. So if you've heard Jack speak, he speaks at a real quick high volume. So I've asked him to rub some of that off on me today. But guys, so today I kind of took a little bit of time so uh, to just kind of put my thoughts in order. And this is kind of really how I work. If you come to my office, there's sticky notes everywhere. There's little notes here and there. And, and that's kind of how I vision strategy and kind of put some stuff all around uh, I made some pictures because we have firemen in a group, and I just wanted to make sure that, that they were able to get it too. And so it's easier for you guys. No. Uh, cops and firemen, we love each other, guys. So, guys, we started off actually in the first week we're talking about Breach Point. Remember that critical point in time in our lives? Those of us who have been uh, been in a SWAT team for many, many years, military folks, they know that, that those critical points and those junctures in our lives that just happen. You know, these are these, these, these moments that just change our lives forever. Sometimes we hear about what bad things happen to good people. But, guys, when we really think about it, when we really delve into into what's going on in our lives more often than not sin is a, is there's a result of what's going on here right and oftentimes god stops us in our tracks so we can stop and be still and evaluate what's going on in our lives. And I shared with you, that's what happened to me in my life, right? I was always on one side of the door, crashing through that door. But one particular day, that day when I found out that my son was going to die and had a terminal illness, and for the next two and a half years, we will slowly watch him die. And the picture and the vision of watching somebody die is something you will never forget. And something that changes your lives forever. And that's why I'm here today, talking to you about that. Guys, we talked about no matter what Your breach point is, right? We talked about, we related that to football. YAC is yards after contact. Sometimes in our life, we get hit and we've just got to keep going. We've got to lift our legs. We've got to grab our Bible. And we have just got to keep focusing forward and driving through. And we talked about that. As we moved into the next chapter for the next week, I brought to your attention that everything matters. It's, it's something that I've been hearing for 30 years of my life by a great friend of mine. Some of you guys know him in here, Tom Stroop. He's a retired SWAT commander. And Tom has been saying this for 30 years. So if you see him say, man, Dave mentioned something that you've been saying for 30 years. Everything in our life matters what we do. And if we look at our lives and what's going on in here, we have to have patience, Right? patience to get through some of these trials and these tribulations and what it is that we're going through. Last week, I also asked you if we can step outside the box. My box isn't really good right here. We can step outside the box. So we talked about that at the end of last week, hoping that we had done this. So, you know, if if we're professing to be Christians and we're professing that Jesus is our Savior and that we want to go out and be fishers of men, we've got to take that step outside every once in a while. When we feel that, that edge, when we feel that push, when we feel that that little twitch and I'm going to share with you some of my stories how I feel um, that I've kind of learned that God's talking to me and some of them may seem small some of them may seem big but everything matters in our lives then we also finished up with what does it cost us to be a Christian in this society? I talked to you about a good friend of mine who's a missionary in Morocco, right? What does it cost them? It costs them their family, their livelihood, their jobs, everything. They could be jailed and imprisoned if they profess Christ in their life. What does it really, really cost us here in the United States? So I asked you at the end of last week, are we really serious about our faith? And is it time for us to get serious about our faith? And so we're gonna move into next and just so you know, this is my wife's handwriting, not mine. I did start I did start with mine, but it was not very good. good so yeah, yeah full disclosure here so guys in Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes chapter 7 remember it's a huge chapter there's so much to go over here so I want to bullet this and then I want to do what I do is, look I don't have a theological degree I don't, I'm not a preacher I'm not any of that but I'm told by God no, no uncertain doubt that I am to share my story whenever I can and wherever I can and whoever asks it and that's all I'm here to do so as we finish up that final chapter he tells us in days of prosperity be joyful in days of adversity be Consider that God made these days also. Don't worry what others say about us. Man, I wish we could think that. Do things in moderation and not to the extreme. Man, this is, this is a check off list for me right here, and I've got to watch this all the time. No doubt about it. Wisdom alone is not the answer. I modified this, guys, because you can read into this, and if you read down here, it talks about... Women, you, you want to—you almost can read into this saying women are just evil. I can't find an honest, righteous woman every single word. But I changed this to looking for love in all the wrong places. Right? In a country song. So about six months ago when I started this, I was going to have a whole different theme. Right? I like and I kind of grew up with country music. Country music, Ecclesiastes. <laughs> it's the same thing. Right? Right? You're going to lose your wife, you're going to lose your car, you're going to lose your dog, you're going to lose your mortgage. You trust. When all that's horrible, you're going to start drinking. When you start drinking, you're going to find friends in low places. You find friends in low places, you're going to hit rock bottom finally you're going to ask Jesus to take the wheel. Right? That's it. Contra music. That's it right there. God made man upright. But we've sought out so many schemes, haven't we? Hmm. Man, we have. So I I started with the very first day, giving you a really quick... uh, Jesse brought up Colette, the author, the critic... You know, we're not quite, did Solomon write it? Did he have somebody write it? doesn't really matter, right? But this is this critic. This is this drill instructor for you military guys. Everybody remember him, right? This is our football coach, lacrosse coach right here. I can see this is Dale right here, right? He's that guy you're going to go to for this, but he's just going to be straightforward, right? He's going to give you that answer. So I I introduce this to you, right? My wisdom at first, life sucks and then you die, (laughs) Ecclesiastes, right here. Right, but guys, right here in the middle, as Andy likes to say, that dash between the middle, between our birth and our death, is what matters. Guys, this is where we focus our lives, right here, right? Because this, what we live right here, is going to determine what happens at the end. At the end of the day, we're going to end up in one or two places, guys, we get to pick where that's going to be. And if we center our life right here on what's important, we're going to make it to that side. But guys, this cross is about Christ's redemption in our lives, isn't it? That's what this is all about. Because we haven't earned it, right? Right? The fruits of this is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. We've heard this in Galatians. These are the fruits of what we get out if we live. And we get to, we get to enjoy those things right here on earth, guys. And sometimes we miss those. One of my favorite verses is Hebrews 4.12. And I want to read that to you. I haven't memorized, but I definitely I want to read it because I won't mess it up. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts thoughts and attitudes of our hearts man when i read that and stop and really dissect each and every one of those sentences and those verses it is just so powerful where are we supposed to return to when we're having problems when we just can't figure it out it's in here you know, I sent a message to some guys the other day. 2016, uh, we spent $9.9 billion in the self-help industry. You can get this free at any church that you go to. Guys, and how has this made a difference in my life? I want to tell you a couple different stories. One of them has to do, and I'll finish up with Luke. A chapter in Luke. So guys, for... Probably a year and a half after my son's death, uh, my wife visited the grave site every day. Every day. There wasn't a day that went by. And we finally, I'd say a year and a half, a little bit longer, i probably pushed her into taking a job at the Attorney General's office. And she went to the job and she hated the job. And more importantly than that, she was just miserable. She didn't get to visit our son every single day. It just, so, I mean, I, I didn't know what to do. The only thing I knew to do is what? Is pray. Pray about. Pray for peace and comfort and guidance for our family and, and guidance for my wife. And my wife woke up one morning. It was after a couple of weeks of prayer on this. And I think mostly I was praying. We prayed together at night, but I was praying for her on the side. She woke up. And I wake up always first. She takes a time. I wake up. I can put shoes on and jog. She's like, I don't know how you do that. She wakes up, jumps up, writes something down on the side, and goes out into the living room where she goes and studies her Bible. And she came back. And what she wrote down was Luke 2, 4, 5. I had Ryan read, um, pull this up. Can you read Luke 2, 4, 5? Two four five. 2, yeah. 4, Luke chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. That. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. She looked at that and she said, what in the heck is that? So that can't be right. So she looked up Luke 24, 5. All right, Luke chapter 20, verses 4 to 5. 24, 5. 24, verse 5. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus' resurrection, right? They come into the tomb. He's gone. They're looking for him. Two angels appear. They bow down their head. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Wow. Guys, I used to say that my son is not in my past. He's in my future. But let me tell you this. He's in my present, right? He's here today with me today. He's speaking through me today. Everything that he I do, the purpose that in my life, his purpose in life was to bring our family back to Christ where we were supposed to be. Wow. Wow. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? I would have never thought anything like this in my life could happen. But I can tell you so many examples of this. I'm going to tell you a little quick, Dave, I'm going to run a little bit later today, uh, about my first boat. Andy and I have a boat now. (laughs) So guys, uh, I'd say almost two years ago, I'm going to be honest with you, right? Uh, My wife and I were decluttering our lives, so we got rid of everything that we didn't need in our lives. But I wanted a boat. We we love the water. We love spending time on the water. It's so our quiet time. It's where we get. And we kind of got rid of everything. So I did what every man did, right? I start I started my politics. Hey, you know we could we could enjoy this. We can bring our friends. Our granddaughters would love the boat. I, I did it all, right? And she's like, "Are you kidding me? We're not gonna get a boat. We're not get a boat." So I was I was researching. I'm like, "Look, I can just get a smaller boat." And l- looks, listen, we we've got this money over here. I, I'm just gonna spend. $7,900. I can buy, find a boat for that. And finally, she says, she acquiesces and she's like, All right, listen, we're going to go on vacation next week and you can get your boat when we come back. And I'm like, Score. I got it, right? So we go to vacation, and if anybody hasn't been to Wind River Ranch in Colorado, we get a chance to go up there. So let me pre- I, I preface that with a boat. Uh, a buddy of mine, Ken Weiss, who's visited here before. Ken's a paraplegic. He was the vice president of the uh, 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 Paralyzed Veterans Association of America. And great guy. Ken went to Wind River a few weeks before I did. And he came back. He said, man, Dave, I had the time of my life. It was just so amazing. It was so good. He goes, I rode a horse. And I was like... Um, how did you do that he's like cowboy Nick put me on the horse he roped me in he literally strapped me in and roped me in he's like what's going to happen to me and he roped them in and, he, and, he, and I'm like dude what was that like and he said something man so profound he said, he said Dave I felt like a man for the first time in 40 years wow. I was like oh wow so we go to the ranch we have we have just a wonderful time and at the end of the last day, we finish our Bible study and Cowboy Don comes in. And Cowboy Don, you know, tells us a story. And this is the time where things are coming, right? We need your help. We need this. We've all been there before. Let's pass the tray around a couple of extra times. And Cowboy Don says this. He says, you know, he says... uh we have this entire mission for military, critically wounded and injured and PTSD uh, folks that suffer from PTSD in the military and first responders that come up here. And, uh, man, part of what we do is horse therapy, and we, we love these horses and the horses we use, people to bring them to God. And, and uh, we've had to tie some peeps in, but we found this amazing saddle. Man, this is somebody has made this saddle. It's a personally made saddle. It's handmade. It's hand carved. It's a real saddle. It's got straps in the back. It straps people in, so these guys can ride horses and feel like Ken felt and a man. He goes, "Man, but it's a lot of money. This is going to cost us seventy nine hundred dollars." And my wife and I went, "Like whoa." so we we go back to our room and we sit there, and she says, "What do you think about that saddle?" And I said, "Yeah, I think we 're supposed to sponsor that saddle and For the first time in her life, she lowballs me she goes uh, she goes, "You think we should just give them two thousand dollars and i 'm like, "Did you hear what the price was like well, i don 't get a boat, but listen, guys, we were blessed to be able to bless other people with that saddle, and we took our family back this year." And this is where this kind of comes full circle. And I, I don't tell this story. This is not about us. This is about God's redemption in our lives and what he gives. And these fruits of the spirit, guys. Because we went back and we went hiking one day with a young lady who's volunteering there. And she said, man, thank you guys for that saddle. Next week, my two brothers are coming, right? One can't stretch his legs out. One of them's blind. The other one has, a, has part of his leg is shorter than the other. And this is the only saddle that they can ride. Like, wow. So we got to feel that joy, you know, a year later. Then Cowboy Don came to us afterwards because part of this money came from our organization called Caleb's Cure in honor of our son. Passions in our life, certainly our son, and dealing with uh, kids, families, and kids with terminally ill illnesses and first responders. Um, so we always try to take that money and those previous proceeds and go to that. Cowboy Don comes to me and say, hey, by the way, Discovery Channel's coming out and doing a story on us. I'm like, man, that is so cool. They go, well, it's really not on us. It's on a park ranger who's going to come out. See, five years ago, she went to Pikes Peak, and she fell off her horse, and now she's a paraplegic. And now she's coming, coming back, and she's going to ride on your saddle to the top of Pikes Peak. Is that cool? Is that awesome? Yeah, get, I didn't do this. God did this. So guys, as I kind of finish up here, I do have SHP. I've, I've got to mention them right here. Another story about if God says tells me something one time usually I just kind of pass by it Bill comes to Ironman about a year year and a half ago and presents this image of sleep in heavenly peace beds and I'm like man that's cool it sounds like a cool thing yeah maybe we do that one day and maybe three months later he shows up in Claremont Florida to another to my my church men's bible group and this guy shows up and does the same thing and I'm like all right I get it I get it, God. I get it. And since then, you know, I've been trying to get involved with in that organization. But let me tell you about redemption here. Because the last time we did this as a group, I went with a buddy of mine. I call her, he mentioned Tom Stroop. We go to Pine Hills to deliver a bed. And as we go to deliver a bed, we stop. And Tom looks over at me. He goes, hey, isn't that the house, two houses down that we had the SWAT call out? And we had to shoot the guy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, guys. So we go into this house and we we deliver this bed and this young lady, I think she was twenty-nine, Ryan, by the way, she's got all of these books out. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She goes, I'm studying for my nursing degree. I'm a single mom. I got these three kids. There were like five kids in a house. She's watching all the kids, they're running around, they're doing stuff. And I and I just as I left that house, we went to the next house, and the same thing happened. I remembered being at that house arresting a drug dealer, and the house was horrible at the time and Then this young man was taking care of three kids for his sister who was getting out of prison right she was she was getting out of prison and he was taking meticulous home, you know, not in a nice area, but he kept it nice he was getting beds for these kids, and the stories of that go on and on and on, guys, the redemptive power of Christ continues in our life. See, I left these areas at one point in my time. i got to be honest with you. I'm just opening up right here, thinking, man, what a crap hole. Right? Why don't you just pull yourselves out? Every time I would go, it was for a bad reason. But I walked away from there humbled. Right? I'm not serving. I'm being redeemed. Amen. And I hope that you look at every situation in your life that way, guys. So, guys, thanks so much for the last three weeks for listening to me. And, firemen, did you like my pictures? (laughs) Right there. I really appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, all guys, I don't have any degrees. I don't have anything else. But I do have a love and a passion for Christ. And I am unequivocally told that I am to share my story when everybody, like David Hill or somebody, asks me to do so. Guys, thanks a lot again.